When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Nick, and this week there's only one other person here. Guess who? Hello there. <laughs> hey Mike, what's up? No, it's it's not the lead singer of Yellow Card, and it's not the bass player of Story of the Year. It's just your good friend from the Thank the Maker Network, Mike Forrester. Hey yeah. Nick. Hey, what's up? What's, and host what? of uh, my favorite podcast, Amore Party. Is that the, how you, you say? You know, it? I'm out. Um, yes, that's exactly how you say it. It's a very French <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, the I think the interesting part about what we're doing is uh, I think this is the first time that Adam the Skull has not been able to be yeah. here. And I think for good reason, Nick. What were you up to last yeah. week? Yeah, well, we had when we were young last weekend, and Adam is now driving back to Vegas as opposed to flying. Uh, and uh, that's taken some time. So he's uh, not really going to wind up in Vegas until I want to say tomorrow night. So uh, we're we're taking the reins here. We're gonna do a great okay. job. I think it's already going amazing, and we should maybe start our own podcast, just me and you. I love this. Uh, I'd be uh, it, it would it, people would be into it. I know that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, we might as well call it Mosh Isley something else. Yeah. But I love that. Um, also, are you getting excited for Mosh Isley? Yeah, we're so it's, close. It's just like a Bayside show ticket sales wise it's like oh the show's coming up and every day more and more tickets get sold more and more tickets get sold so i'm extremely excited it's kind of like the culmination of the last like two and a half months of my life is basically that party and when we were young and then i get to relax for a minute with amazing star wars content because the the craziest part is that by the time you're listening to this you're getting our take on Andor, but also Tales of the Jedi, yep. which we will cover eventually. But like, what a week. It's juicy. Yeah. I got through the first two episodes of that and then fell asleep because it was like, you know, 2 a.m. last night. But yeah, uh, right. excited. Excited for that, too. But sorry, everyone. We're going to wait until Andor and the dust settles on all of us touring and stuff. We're going to wait for Andor to end and then we'll cover Tales of the Jedi. So we could uh, focus on that. But right. speaking of which. Yeah. Until then, stolen plans. What have you done with those plans? Andor, episode 8, titled Narkina 5, came out Ooh. today, October 26th on Disney+. And the description on Disney+, Plus says, The Empire catches up to Cassian, but are as yet unaware of his identity and past. Ooh. I like, I like this, this, but are as yet. I don't know why I like that little run of words. But R as yet, like, like, you would never say that. You would only type something like that. Deidre might say that. Yeah. That's a very George yeah. Lucas, like, uh, what did Carrie Fisher say? Like, you could write these things, but you can't say them. Or maybe it was no. Harrison Ford. <laughs> but R <laughs> as yet. <laughs> uh, this episode was written by Bo Willimon and directed by Toby Haynes. And uh, most of the cast has uh, returned from, you know, the previous episodes. Three newcomers, though. Oh, boy. Yeah. Here we go. Snoke himself, Andy Serkis as Kino Loy. Very exciting. I kind of had a feeling like when 
they weren't showing him yet and you could hear his voice i'm like it's gonna be somebody yeah like it's gonna be somebody we recognize not in like a star wars sense but just like an actor yeah uh and then we'll we'll talk about this dude a little bit later it's kind of just a really he's actually an easter egg but uh duncan pow as melshi um and then of course returning as saga era forrest whitaker very cool very very cool i was waiting this you know seven episodes of when we were going to get him and we got him at the end of this so hopefully he's in uh what the next four episodes hopefully he's Without just here the rest of the season Poor gullet. <laughs> yeah he didn't Poor get gullet gullet know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh runtime on this is 56 minutes including you know the previous recap and the post credits so uh you know about 48 49 minutes i would say of actual storytelling so uh yeah We'll get into what we think now, but uh, I'll start off and just say, like, every week I really don't know what to expect. Like, the episodes are getting more tense um, because we have more stakes and uh, and more setup and more character development. And I feel like it's all, like, bottlenecking towards, you know, a season finale type of thing. So it's rad, man. I, I, I... I think not knowing because it's it's written and filmed and all this stuff. It's just so different from Star Wars, normal Star Wars storytelling. Like, I just don't know what yep. to expect every every yep. week. Yeah. I think there's a certain part, now that we've kind of understood and that they've been, the Gilroy's have been pretty out front about this, like, kind of three-episode arc. It's like mm-hmm. right at the end, you know, Luthen is like, hey, we got this job we're going to do. And, okay, cool. We need air support. All right, all right. So we get that. So now we, we can obviously see where it's leading up to. But what they've done so successfully is put these different tracks. Like, I want to know what happens. Like, are Deidre and Cyril going to, like, reconnect? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think they have to, right? And then it's like, then where is where is Vel in all mm-hmm. of this? And then, like, what's, you know, what is Mon Ma? So it's like we have these, you know, where most of the other Disney shows have been pretty linear in terms of, like, you know, yeah, we might have two characters that are on kind of, like, their own side quest. But, like, we are actively juggling, like, six heavy storylines right now yep. that are so rad because every time we get a little bit more development the stakes get a little bit higher and in a weird way the show is called andor but like cassian's story takes a back seat mm-hmm. a lot of the time in terms of like my focus and i don't necessarily like i'm not mad about that i'm not yeah. like as much as i loved the mando episode mm-hmm. of book of boba fett i was like dude Where's Boba Fett? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's well, a show, you know? storyline is, like, so riveting. So it's not right. like, all right, end this scene so we can get back to Grogu or something Filler like that. Filler episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, I have just in general, like, to talk about these things at the top of the show. I mean, we could talk more as we go on. But the things on in my head right now that I have no idea that are, how it's going to go. But how is Cassian going to escape? Is it as simple as a prison break? I, I really, I have no clue. And Bix is now in Imperial custody. How does she... I don't either. I don't know if she gets out or they let her out because she is a good liar and doesn't tell anyone anything. I have no clue. I think I think we're certainly getting to that point now where we know... Like, did you notice this too? Like, they didn't really name... Like, uh, what is his mom's name? Marva. Marva. Mm-hmm. Why do I have a Star Wars podcast? Mm-hmm. I don't even know her name. Marva almost like didn't name the rebellion what it was mm-hmm. before, right? You, did yeah, you kind of yeah. get that sense that like it was almost like it was so unorganized that people didn't really know how to identify because yeah. like you have Saw that's still referring to himself as like a partisan, 
right? Mm-hmm. At the time that we see them, and the time we've seen them in anim- animation and all that. Um, but but what I think is really cool is I heard Rebellion and the Rebels and, yeah. you know, like literally they say it like five times. Yeah, this was the most and you heard it in an episode for sure. For sure. And it's almost like it's like really taking form now. And then we did see a time hop too. Although yeah, like three it was months, small. I want to say. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90 shifts. What did they say? 90 shifts? 30, mm. Was it 35? I don't know. I, there was However some many number shifts. 30, I want to say, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's like, okay, so we have a time jump, so we can see that things have progressed. Um, but all in all, like, I feel like, man, we're getting, like, things are moving now, you know? It was kind of setting all this up, and now, like, we have a name to it. Like, the mm-hmm. bad guys are the rebels, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. It's so rad. So I, I love, I really do, I I mean, this this show, again, the content of it, once again, the darkest Star Wars we've ever seen, Um you know, we can't, we can't, we certainly cannot. I mean, this is going to be something that we're going to really focus on, I think, in the terms of the overall season. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, there were some dark moments that have, like, also highlighted, um, you know, it, it, it was squid gamey. Um, you know, how do you, how do you make people get mad at each other? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, pin them against each other in mm-hmm. prison so that they get mad at each other for not hitting their goals. But no one ever looked at the guards and said, you know what, screw these guys. Instead, they got mad at each other. Yeah, yeah it's dark dude it's dark you know um the guy killing himself instead of being in the prison you're like man this is dude this is show it's not a show for kids (laughs) yeah so i mean let's get into it because there's so much we can we can chew on two more two more little thoughts what was cyril's smirk when deidre left the room like it's almost like he i get this i don't know what it is other than he played her and he's like haha I don't, know, I, I don't know what else a smirk would be for there. Okay, so the other thing is you Deidre baited the guy that she was torturing. Mm-hmm. Did you see that little switch up she did to make it seem like he she basically tried to play it that he already ratted Bix out for all yeah, the yeah, information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was smart, right? And so I think Cyril, I think she understands that like she's like, damn, this kid is I can tell he's dedicated because he like throws this spice at her the same way that she just threw it at that entire group of ISB. She knows it. Mm -hmm. She's like, they have this connection and she's also simultaneously knowing that like people are trying to backstab her. Yeah. Yeah. So I got this paranoia. It's always, you know, it's, it's, uh, the only way to get anywhere kind of in the empire is to step on other people. I mean, look at it between Krennic and Thrawn with all the, you know, tie defender versus the death star, like all this stuff. I mean, it's all the, the empire is very cutthroat, not only in like an oppressive way to society, but within their, their own ranks. It's the only way to get ahead. Right. Right. Survival of the fittest, which is also kind of Sithy, you know, if you want to, if you want to be one of the two, you got to kill somebody, right? Uh, and my, my, my last thing is more of a joke, but a lot, a lot of bare feet in this episode. And I felt like Quentin Tarantino <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> he was consulting feet, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's all true. male feet. <laughs> Quentina Tarantino. There you go. Um, we don't have a, do we just go into the synopsis? We don't have a bumper for that, right? No. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, what? All right, so getting more into the uh, actual story, and we'll go like kind of character by character, but Cassian's sure. obviously in Imperial custody. He was uploaded to that transport to Narkina 5. 
which they didn't call obviously like jail or prison or cell or anything. They said Imperial factory facility. How convenient. You're going to work instead of just be a prisoner. Um, work makes free. Yeah. Un- <laughs> unpaid labor for the empire. Why not? Nice. But uh, America right away. would never do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where'd they get the idea? Where did the Gilroys get the idea for this? Too political. <laughs> Too political. Um, but right away, we see this whole like floor is lava situation. You know, like the electric floors, like here's a little warning. Here's a level one shock, which clearly like buckled their knees and brought them down to the ground. And I think he's that officer said something like there's two more levels to that. So, right. You're like, oh, cool. You just scrambled my eggs. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like a precursor to the actual like cell area. um, Right. Which is heated, apparently, to the point of death if you step on it when you're not supposed to. Interesting. But, uh. One thing that they do focus on pretty heavily for the next minute or so is the officers are wearing special boots, which we'll get into those later because I know you mm-hmm. you know exactly what those were, which is yep. very cool. Um, so the electric the the officers wear these special boots and it protects them against the electric floor. Um, and I did notice later on. I'm jumping a little ahead right now, but I did notice Cassian take notice of where the officers' boots were hanging. Because mm-hmm. there was kind of, I don't know if they share boots or whatever, but there's almost like a locker room of just boots. And yeah, you kind of like see rack, him do a yeah. double take. And then I think he also was noticing in that same scene that the officer's conversation was, it was kind of disorderly. Like they were saying they were shorthanded. They were kind of slightly bickering. And you could, I think the way it was filmed, you could kind of just see Cassian taking notes. Like, here's where the boots are. These guys are idiots, you know kind of planning an escape or something like that i might be reading into that a little bit too much but some of it seemed a little obvious i agree with you i think it was like you know they they made a point to talk about it for too long it wouldn't be like you know they were like uh oh 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 we need extra we need the new guy down here well he's on he's on uh deliveries well you know deliveries take over you know and it's kind of like setting all this up to be like okay so it's just like you know, is it is it like American prisons? Like a guard could be paid off. A yeah, guard, yeah, why not? You know, a, a guy could say he's the new guy and be undercover. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I exactly. have a feeling, a spy, a rebel. Why not? Mm-hmm. I got a feeling we're going to see something like that. Yep. But uh, you know, speaking more about the the imperial, uh, what did I say it was? Oh, speaking more about the imperial factory facility. The labor is set up as a game where inmates are playing against each other, not only within like the room, but a on other levels and and whatnot so like we said earlier kind of it's it's better to fight the inmates than to fight the actual oppressors you know like that's a real convenient system and and that one officer who was just smiling the whole time he was he was extra evil but his quote that said the length of stay has been predetermined the quality of the time will be up to you that's that's was rough. that before or after he told him if you get the shock stick you remember you'll always remember <laughs> yeah. what it feels like yeah yeah <laughs> brutal a cattle prod, nice. <laughs> uh, the the little tour that one of the other inmates gives Cassian to about the uh, the cor- prison quarters just has a wall unit with like basically all the necessities to basically survive, which is water, a nightlight, a toilet that flips down, a plate, a spoon, a shaver. Food comes out of a tube, and apparently it's flavorless because one of the winning the things you could win is flavor. <laughs> That's so brutal. Oh my goodness. A big day. Yeah. Right. Today it tastes like meat. Today it tastes like str- it tastes like uh, melu runs. Yeah, 
And we mentioned it a little earlier uh, when it's when it's night night time for the prisoners. The floors are apparently heated so much that you die if you step on them, which is sounds ouchy. I don't like that. Another sign that there might be a prison break or something like that. It, there was a prisoner when they were kind of in that hallway where you could see other parts of the facility. They were using yep. some sign language to communicate. So we'll see. Maybe on the other end of that uh, exchange with someone we know, another member of a, a Rogue One crew or something like that. Who knows? I think when you zoomed out of it, too, you got you really started to get that sense of scale mm-hmm. because... You get, you know, they get off that transport and you're like, okay, there's like, you know what, there's maybe like maybe 30 guys in this one group. And mm-hmm. then when they showed them all in the tunnels and they zoomed out, you were like, there are a hundred of these many. tunnels filled yeah, and with people. At the beginning of the episode, how many of those, those, whatever they are, octagon looking, you know, water, there was a bunch of those too. There was like yeah. at least three or four. So yeah. tons and tons of uh, people imprisoned. Yeah. Um, one other thing that one other thing that was pretty interesting is I guess information gets into the prison, the facility, um, because they they kind of are talking about or trying to figure out and get confirmation that there was kind of rebel activity out there. And after right. the Aldani heist, uh, you know, that had consequences. And even the inmates they they were the inmates that were already incarcerated, um, they were wondering what's going on. And because of the Aldani heist, they had extra time added to their sentence, which is yep. so brutal. So brutal. Yep. Yep. And him him playing and Cassian playing it off dumb. Yeah, yeah. Being like, oh, what are you talking about? They're like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah. Making it seem like they were getting the information. It was being passed around. Yeah. So, like, you know, you're you're kind of, you're already starting to see that you know, the seeds being planted for, mm-hmm. you know, certainly a, a prison break or, a, you know, an overrule or something. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, and he's you know, so good. He's like, exciting. him lying is like second nature. I feel like yeah. he's he's real good at that, which would, I guess, make him a good spy. Well, he did, a, and he did a fantastic job. Like, let's also shout out Diego Luna for a second. Truly, like, dude seemed blatantly overwhelmed, legit confused and shocked and scared that like he was literally walking on a beach yeah and i mean he just like literally like went to go pick up like snacks for his chick that he just had a night with and then all of a sudden he's here yeah and he it looked like that on his face yeah yeah he's kind of there was a little a little tiny bit of like snarkiness with i need to very blatantly tell the truth like i'm just a tourist i'm just going to get snacks whatever he said in the last episode um because what else do you do when you're faced with someone accusing you be like i'm not sweating or no he's like of course i'm sweating it's hot out you know like he just really uh he really leaned on reasoning which was i don't know i feel like i'd be in the same position i'd be like here's here are facts and facts and truth should get me out of this situation yeah and it didn't Ooh, now we get to talk okay. about Deidre. Yeah. So moving on to the ISB and Deidre. Um, looking for Cassian officially and Luthen now. So that's kind of a, a, a new, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for almost this ringleader who Cassian must be uh, kind of in, in cahoots with. And they now call Luthen Axis as if he's the ringleader of everything, which we know he's only the ringleader of very specifically this little crew that we've been following. 
Um, right. So that's interesting. It's it's it is really cool for us to know that there's more out there. But at this point in the Star Wars timeline, the ISB only knows of kind of one, and they think it's the main one. And then you have and you have Cyril. That's like I would I would recognize his voice. I need to hear his voice because you remember yeah. Luthen Luthen's like like he heard them talking. Mm-hmm. Cassian was gonna smoke him. Yeah, and then him and Luthen like he he heard enough to know okay this was orchestrated you know yeah, yeah. um and I also love like the opening meeting, Yularen's like barely paying attention yeah yeah and Deidre's like fighting for her life to be like the ISB is has serious issues like the ISB like she's the one who's literally reminding them that look how fat they've become <laughs> yeah. they're so proud of themselves yeah. you know like. Dude, that's her. Like she's being like, we are fat. Like yeah, we're doing yeah. this. Like, so I thought I loved that, um, and I loved the interaction of of Cyril, uh, kind of revealing that he's been, you know, that she's yeah. like, you've been pissing me off. Yeah. For, well, it's almost I've like he getting... he is to her what she is to like Partagas or Yolanda right. at this point. You know, so yeah. they're going to be a good yeah. team eventually. Yeah, for sure. And I thought I just think it was I think it was interesting because you have like Cyril um the the other note is that he was like this document the way that it was presented the way that I'm on I'm represented on paper is wrong and mm-hmm. she's going to use that to be like this officer is not doing a good job. Yeah, like yeah. she doesn't like that guy. And so for him to kind of like fudge the papers is just ammo for mm-hmm. her quest to just rise to power. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the fact that he keeps requesting, like, what a nerd. He just keeps requesting meetings with the, his higher-ups. He just wants to be a snitch so bad. I want to talk to someone. <laughs> yeah. So there's the whole crew back on Ferrix. Marva is still there, and Bix and Brasso still, they, they kind of have a thing going on right now. Um, so on Ferrix, the Empire is just fully there now. They they installed yeah. a bunch of surveillance equipment. Yeah. Troopers are there, officers with great... Great costumes on, great outfits. What what do we call them in in real life? If you're a Star Wars, what what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a costume. I'm just literally uniform. being stupid. Yeah, uniform. There you go. Uniform. <laughs> so the, Adam, the, cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> so that Imperial, it kind of looks like a new for live action anyway. New Imperial, like all black with kind of this like half cloak cape thing. Looks great. Whatever that they is. wore those. Uh, so the first time that we saw those, of course, tapping into Armor Party now on the Think the Maker Network, <laughs> um, they wore those actually. Uh, the first time we saw that poncho was uh, when they were on uh, when Jin goes mm-hmm. to break her dad out. Gotcha. Um, okay. The e- at the Edu station, mm-hmm. and it's all raining, and they're just standing out there with those like the scientists, yeah, and they true. basically just like murk them. So those guys had those, and I I've loved that look. Uh, that to me is like. Not as pompous as Krennic's cape, but yeah, like yeah. that's bad guy silhouette, you yeah. know. So I, I totally agree. They're they're they look awesome. They it's look like awesome. You're half half mean. a bad guy because your cape only goes down to your waist. Once you're a real right. bad guy, it goes down to your ankles. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, all this surveillance equipment's on Ferrix now, which leads to Bix getting detained towards the end of the episode because of all of the surveillance that's going on. Uh, so she checks in bix checks in with marva back at marva's place and and marva is just back in the game you know the rebellion she injured herself trying to open a passageway that's under the hotel which uh 
Bix, well, the the Empire now controls that hotel, and she Marva must have told Bix that she wanted to like open up that you know whatever it was floodgate or whatever they called it, so rebels could come in and like sneak attack. <laughs> like she's just kind of doing her part, which is I love that. That's so great. But she injured herself, and it sounds like not only did she injure herself, but she's also under the weather at this point. I think there's like her her character. It's like every person who you you think of all these people who have fought in wars and you and you look back on it and you look at like the calm the way that some people like you know you saw this more i think the the retrospects they did for like saving private ryan right mm-hmm. um you would hear these stories of like these world war ii guys that were actually there on d-day and they describe it so calmly because like you just know that like if they you if you gave them a scenario which they were back and they knew exactly what to do you know and it's almost like marva's got this this sense to her that's like i i fought and i didn't win yeah but this little piece of hope is just giving me all the fire i need yeah, to keep yeah, this yeah. Going. like it's so she's playing fiona shaw is playing this role so damn yeah. well it's in really her subtlety great. you know yeah I think, too, that there's, like, I guess I could put this, uh, in real life, I could equate this to, like, young people fighting for their future, and then there's a whole middle ground, middle-aged people who are just, like, I'm fighting to stay alive and have a family and and put food on the table or whatever, and then all the way at the end of your life, you're like, screw it, I'm I'm fighting again. I have nothing left to lose, you know? (laughs) Right. So she did it when she was younger. She settled down with Cassian on Ferrix and kind of just chilled you know and uh now she's at the end of her towards the end of her life now and she's kind of like i'm back in it i'm back baby yeah (laughs) i love it i love it uh moving on they show vel and cinta are now on ferrix uh looking for cassian obviously and uh and they all are already on the trail of cassian because they're spying on bix and brasso and uh i I get the sense that vel is kind of over the whole this particular rebellion scenario right now and cinta is still absolutely in the game absolutely eye on the prize so their love story kind of came a little bit more into focus here um and it seems like it's fairly one-sided where someone is rebel 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 and and then vel is well sorry cinta is rebel 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 and vel is like hey but you want to like hang out yeah. And I think I think you're going to start to see um you know when now the other part that's interesting is that you know you have Val who like takes the transport out of town cuz she's like I don't, you know, Cinta's like no, get a get a room and stay here if you want and Val's like no, no come on, we got to get out of here. Like let's go do let's go live our life. Remember we said we were going to do that when this was over? Yeah. Because like the conversation she had with Cleo was like super if you remember the last episode she was like i got they did the heist like leave us alone now we're good mm-hmm. and she's like no 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 you have to you got to find him you yeah. got to kill him he's like you know and you could just see that she was already like oh like this isn't what we agreed upon mm-hmm. and cinta is motivated purely by being like i want every last imperial consignment to burn right yeah. um and so you, you do that it was so obvious and then for when vel is leaving we don't speculate on this show, <laughs> but she was sitting in Luthen's seat, yep, looking yep. out the window the same way. 
I'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> that like if she's like if she's like let's say like oh this is my dad's thing, yeah, this yeah. isn't for me. Yeah, I'm kind of going. Sense. It's poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I I think it's interesting. Um, and then going back to Bix, of course, mm-hmm. uh, she's she realizes how important I think Cassian is to her, but mostly understanding how much their little fa- familial unit of yeah. Marva. Um, I think she's at the point now where it's not like, oh, Cassian always comes and goes. I think now she's starting to really worry that like something's not right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of fallout for sure and not for nothing, but it motivated Marva and she's injured now. And I think yep. that injury is one thing, but it does seem like they also mentioned that she was ill. So there might be, yep. you know, I think I think both of those things made Bix a little too scared and like, hey, I got to find Cassian, which leads her to use this hidden comm tower that she used earlier in the series to communicate with Luthen and in hopes that Luthen can get in touch with Cassian, which doesn't seem like that would even be a thing at this point. Um, Luthen and Clea kind of talk about whether or not to pick up the transmission and they don't. And Clea really, I, I still, their power, I don't know power structure i would call it between clea and luthan i'm still pretty right. confused because clea was just like did she call him soft what did she call him <laughs> yeah basically so- yeah right she didn't call him soft yeah though. yeah that's not the word that she used right but, right yeah but it was it was basically being like slipping right did she say yeah slipping? yeah yeah that's what it was yeah which is which is nuts you're mm-hmm. like oh who who's actually in charge here yeah, this is amazing yeah, yeah maybe clea you know Clea and Cinta might be they're they're so hardcore they might be somewhat part of Saw uh, I know they're not part of part I know that they're not a part of Saw's crew but they 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 could be it wouldn't make sense that they would be a part of Saw's crew right now but uh they're hardcore like Saw that's well, for sure Nick you are in luck my <laughs> friend cuz there's only 5 more episodes to figure this yeah, out yeah We'll find out in the final four episodes or the final 16 episodes. We'll see. Um, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that shot of Vel on the transport, which was the same tra- transport that Luthen took in. She was in the same seat. That shot was really masterful, like in a telling a story and kind of misleading kind of way because she's on the transport. Vel is on the transport looking longingly out the window as if she's like heartbroken sort of. And, uh, you know, sad that she's not staying with Cinta. It cuts to Cinta looking out the window longingly. And really what Cinta's looking at is Bix, though. She's spying. So it's kind of like this chain of Vel being like, I miss Cinta. And then they show Cinta. And Cinta is like, what's going on with Bix? You know, like there's just the focus is really uh, it was that that little shot was really, really well done. Which, if you remember why we started this whole debacle of Cassian, like, being on the run, is because someone was in love with someone that did not reciprocate. And that makes me nervous for every single love story in this freaking show. Yeah, right. So we finally see and come across Mon Mothma in in her place, again, hosting another party, which just might be... I don't know if this happens in real life, but it's kind of just... There's a pattern developing where she has a casual get-together at her home and there's you know senators and just politics everywhere being discussed i think someone uh a parent might mention that she's trying to get votes i get it whatever but 
she's using these get-togethers not only maybe to keep the focus on the Senate and her place in the Senate, but to speak more privately with Tay Calma, who they're still trying to move some funds around. Um, I think the dynamic of all three of them was incredible. Just the sense of them having this, like, Perrin knows that his relationship. Well, here let's 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 side note about this. Mm-hmm. We found out that it is the Chandrillan way, like many old European styles in many other countries that still do today had an arranged marriage yeah, at yeah. a young a younger age because their families were powerful, whatever. Um, and we found that was confirmed because uh, we had all kind of like speculated like, oh, I, yeah, I think at the age they, of 15, right? Yeah, they hate each other. Like, how does anyone do this? And then you come to find out, okay, that's the, that's the, shen, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way that they do it on Chandrilla. Yeah. Um, so I love that you've got like Mon is in, has no qualms about letting like Perrin know that, oh, I think you're kind of a slime ball, but yeah. that's okay. Cause we have to legally be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly got a much more sense of suspicion out of Perrin this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, like well, just she said in as... the last episode that he can't be trusted. She straight up said that to Tay about Perrin. So, Right, right. But the way that I saw it last time was like that he could have like loose lips sink ships, right? Like mm-hmm. because he has all these powerful friends. But like you almost wonder if like she felt that Perrin was more aloof to yep. what she was doing. But this time he seemed to pick up on he's like, oh, Tay, are you getting used to being, you know, here on Coruscant? As in like he's recognizing that she's coming around more. Yep. And mm-hmm. then their daughter comes up. And has this weird interaction. Yeah. Yep. I was Straight like, up. whoa. Her demeanor whoa, whoa. was changed has changed for sure. Everything about it was goofy. But then also like Mon stepping out of like she refused the drink twice. I'm like, that tension, I'm like, oh boy, this yeah. is not this is not good. If anything, maybe he thinks like she's cheating on him and not planning a rebellion that might last for nine movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's more common in marriage? Planning a right. rebellion or cheating? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Those are the I old ways. I suspect my wife of uh, creating a rebellion right now. You sure she's not cheating? Right. <laughs> like, honey, I would have thought you would have been cheating on me with Han Solo, not not building a Death Star machine. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I, I mean, it, so I thought that was interesting. The dynamic of, of the three of them is is fully on display, mm-hmm. very much for us to chew up and speculate on. But like yeah. Perrin, is, Perrin went from, oh, this guy just sucks to straight up, I do not like this dude, nor <laughs> do I trust this dude at all. He's, and he's not as dumb as I think that they're, they tried to introduce him to be yeah. on purpose. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to close out the show, pretty much, I mean, I think there was a little bit with Cassian just kind of they they showed that he's kind of in the swing of things at the facility now he's helping out he's working whatever but uh to really close out the the meat of the story here saw sorry to close out the meat of the story here Luthen travels to see saw so we get saw Gerrera finally who we knew was out there and he was also in the trailer so we knew he was gonna play a role at some point but their yeah. conversation right away was amazing because they yeah. kind of both accused and denied each other's involvement in the Aldani heist and, yep. and just the whole, like, that's what someone who did it would say, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. 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 
uh Forrest Whitaker man like what an actor like he's just so so intense when he's really like talking about like all the names for partisans and separatists and stuff like real tight shot on his face just being like super emotive acting like just 10 out of 10 it, it was really awesome but uh but yeah I mean a lot of what we know it was it was a lot of what we already know of Saw at this point in his life like Luthen wants Saw to cooperate with all the other rebel cells and we all know at this point that he just he ain't about that that's for sure I think the brilliance of Forrest Whitaker's portrayal of him, of course, we, this has been three times, four times now. I mean, you have live, you have live action twice. You have Fallen Order, and then you also have uh, animated, right? Yep. I think what's been really brilliant about his performance is like where he knows where the character's at at one point. Yeah, yeah. At this point, we can see that his armor is not. He doesn't need the breathing apparatus. Mm-hmm. He has both his legs. He has his armor is not completely like holding his body together. Yeah. Um, if we remember where Saw was, Saw was one of those people who, I mean, the partisans, by the time when we saw them in Bad Batch, they were, they were completely skeptical of everybody. They mm-hmm. were skeptical of the Bad Batch. They were skeptical of anyone who said that they were part of it. And so the fact that we saw him not completely unhinged, like he had been yeah, sucking yeah. on the poor cullet in Rogue One, like he is, a, like if you were to watch his portrayal of Saw Gerrera in Rogue One, you'd be like, this dude is insane. Yeah, like he's up. literally insane, right? But like we see him more controlled and in charge of how he's reacting to stuff while still living by that code of, an enemy of my enemy is not my friend. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I just think it's a, such a brilliant little way of being like, I, he knows exactly where that character is supposed to be and that even by the time we would know that five years later in Rogue One, he's completely gone, we're seeing a great character portrayal of where Saw Gerrera is at yeah. at this time yeah. in the Galactic Empire. And thank goodness we have Forrest Whitaker to like pull it off. It's great. Agreed. All right, let's head to the den. Over a thousand generations. It is the dark saber. Oh gosh. It's a Kalikori. A Sith wayfinder. Dark signs. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Let's do the it. The Den of Antiquities. Uh, you know, pretty good episode for a couple little juicy bits. And I, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to, like, the problem with the Den of Antiquities is that when we get this thing going, I always want more time because I, yeah. I need to watch it a, a few times. Mm-hmm. But I think we're pretty good on this one. So the first thing that we could start off is when Cassian comes out and they're just sending prisoners to all these different, essentially prison colonies, the shore trooper that's kind of in charge of like getting people to where they need to go sends two prisoners off to Belsavis, which is an old Republic era. Uh, like I, I think it's one of those like water prisons where basically, oh, wow. uh, yeah, the, the planet is, like, almost uninhabitable besides these little colonies that they mm-hmm. built. Um, according to Wikipedia, which, of course, is like, oh, there's one mention in one comic book, mm-hmm. uh, Django Fett did actually spend some time there. Uh, but most people would know it from the Old Republic series, so that was pretty cool little Easter egg they threw in there. Um, once they get into the prison colony, we see one of the officers, like one of the only ones that's holding a blaster and not one of those shock sticks, is the DH-17 blaster from A New Hope, mm-hmm. which is that like kind of almost like handgunny thing with the big silver tip on the end of it. Classic yeah, yeah. Star Wars. 
um, with that that kind of cool scope on it that almost looks like a flashlight. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. So that was that was sweet to see that. Uh, you probably saw them. The Rebel Fleet Troopers had them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those guns that you've seen both officers or both Imperials and Rebel have, which I think is always yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool to see that. Um, the facility is in the shape of the Imperial logo. Yeah, I like, I like that. that. Yeah, I you thought notice that was if cool. you just see it from when they're flying in at the beginning, you see you notice that for sure. Yep, yep. So they're dead. I mean, you gotta hand it to them. The Imperials know how to design shit. <laughs> uh, the other cool part about it is if you look on the bottom. Uh, well, actually, let's do this. Let's just get this out of the way. Kino Loy is played by Andy Circus. We talked about this at the top of the hour, but for people, I don't know where you would be listening to this podcast that you didn't already know this, but Andy Serkis did Snoke. <laughs> yes. The Very man cool. in gold with the half cut up face. Who got was cut clone. in half by Kylo Ren. So that was cool that they had him acting. Like sometimes you forget that like he's such an amazing mocap artist that he's actually freaking really good actor too yeah yeah because what was he in he was in black panther right and he was kind of yeah, like jacked was, you know like he looked claw. big yeah exactly yeah 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 so i thought that was pretty cool so then getting back into um getting getting back into the the compound uh the officers were wearing these like shock proof boots but they're actually snowboard boots what's <laughs> up bro <laughs> Uh, these were pretty cool because as soon as I saw them, uh, I was like, I know what those are. Um, but something that's also like pretty funny is if you looked at the rack, they, so not going too far down the rabbit hole, but like the, the big sole on the bottom of those, that like orange piece, Mm -hmm. um, they added those on there. So that boot is a, is a, uh, it's, it's a boa system that has this like lace on it. That's what that circle is in the middle of the tongue. Um, and it has a wire that you don't need to lace your boots up. You literally just crank that thing, and it makes your boots tighter. It's pretty sweet. Um, the little cover on there is a is a Burton snowboard binding, and the back of it is they basically took two parts of the binding, they put it together, and then they added that little sole part on there. But what's rad about the bottom of the sole when you saw them hanging up is they had the Imperial logo on the bottom of the <laughs> nice. sole. Nice. Yeah, that's great. So uh, if you're, if you're a, f- a fan of buying stuff before it goes uh, – uh, crazy prices on eBay, as mentioned in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, you would be looking for a Burton Moto Boa snowboard boot in the color gray from the year 2021. So there you go. We're oh, wow, out here so doing, they're like we're, newish too. They're not even newish, like retro yeah. or anything. Wow. Okay. Yep. And they and they added a little strap on there too. But yeah. you know we're out here do, we're out here doing the work for you guys. You we're said identifying that. pieces to make you proper. You said strap on. That that checks for Adam. <laughs> Up, don't cut that out adam <laughs> don't you dare cut that out um so what do you think nick do you think the pieces that they're building uh when they're pushing that cart out uh they're pushing it out the door and it sure as hell looks like a power coil for a tie fighter wing yeah that's you have what me convinced. i think you have me convinced because i i don't know what else it could be and what else would they need to be building right now i mean it makes sense yeah, so that's what I think it is, but I'm sure like it could be you know some power cell to something else. But when the one guy's pushing, you know, they were like stacking them all up. Did you see? And they put them on the uh-huh. cart, and the guy would push all of them out. Yep. Like when you saw that, and he was pushing the cart out, the shape of the door is the same exact shape as a wing. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. dude, <laughs> come on. So that's what I think. 
So this one, Ooh, this next one, yeah, this next, this one, next one was funny because I woke up at like 6 a.m. to a text from you with a picture. And I like barely opened one of my eyes and was like, I don't know who that is. And I went back to bed. And then <laughs> later on, I was like, so apparently one of the prisoners is uh, Melshi from Rogue One. And you were like, yeah, I texted you that this morning, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> so if you're wondering who Melshi is. In Andor, he's one of the guys with the shaved head. Um, he's got like a pretty, I don't know, like how would you describe him? He's got kind of a grizzled face. Mm-hmm. And when you see him in Rogue One, which is rad that they did this, um, he's kind of got that like floppy, uh, uh, how would you describe that? Like almost like a farmer's yeah, cap? I would like say a, more a desert. hunter's cap? Desert yeah, kinda. Yeah, looks very similar to the hats that they wore on Hoth. It's got a bill on it, and it's floppy, and then he's got the uh, transponder um, on the outside, the telemetry yep. unit on the outside of it. Uh, so when you see him, you can see that Cassian and Melshi are friends in Rogue One, and it seems like we're getting the be- we're getting to see the blossoming relationship mm-hmm. starting right here in Andor. Man, remember that one time we broke out of prison? Yeah, <laughs> that was. Hey, fun. man, we should go to Scarif and just <laughs> die there. Yeah. All right, so uh, Mon, when they're cheersing their tall drinks that looks like glassware that Dano has probably already figured out mm-hmm. and bought so that he can have some authenticity at Mosh Eisley this weekend, uh, she says Sagrona. And then there's another term that's Sagrona Tima, which is almost like a tabuate or mm. something that they cheers, uh, which is a chandrillin toast. Now, what's interesting about this is Sagrona. Uh, I believe is Spanish for meaning nuisance or uh-huh. annoying, which their relationship certainly would deem each other as Sagrona to each other. So I thought that was pretty funny. And I don't know if that's intentional. Uh, the gross little things that they add into their champagne are called squigs. Those are like the uh, worm things that yep. seem to make your drink fuzzy. It turns out people drink the worm even on Coruscant. The fuzzy worm. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, we do it in tequila on Earth. They do it uh, apparently into, uh, they add squigs to their drinks. Um, apparently, uh, according to Wikipedia, it's a fish species on Naboo. So I don't know if this is like the larva. Uh, and something that I uncovered in my search, because I said squig, I was like, that's got to be something. Uh, either one of the working titles or one of the production books or something had a blurg-like creature that was called a squig. And some hmm. people were arguing that that was the original name for the blurgs before then. So we got to investigate, but I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Uh, there is an alien of the Abenedo. Abenedo? Abenedo. Yeah. Probably. How do you I, pronounce I, that? Uh, Abenito Ab- species at Mon Mothma's party. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Most, I always remember this because of J.J. Abrams loves the Beastie Boys, and he named that X-wing pilot Eloasty. Eloasty. Intergalactic planetary. <laughs> okay, so uh, same species as Eloasty. Yep, exactly. I thought that was awesome. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, there is a droid. Uh, with a very similar helmet in the background of Ferrix as the Haxian Brood from mm. Fallen Order, which is pretty sweet. Uh, did you play that game, Nick? Uh, for about 40 minutes once and had a panic attack and then never played it again. 
Yep, nice. Okay, that sounds about right. Um, so the Hexian Brood is like this group of bounty hunters that come and they basically like you you think you're winning this like huge part in this game and then uh, the Hexian Brood shows up and just mm-hmm. messes with you. Uh, but they've got this really cool helmet that's uh, all grimy and beat up and they look like they like truly like OG Boba Empire where you're just like some this guy's paint job is so bad he must have gotten into something. Yeah. Uh, so it looks I couldn't tell if it was a droid or if it was a person, but when uh, when Bix is like running, you can see in the background. I just loved all that. Um, of course, many people will recognize Idrio Two Tubes, which is the benthic that is uh, has the iconic like almost like skull face, and then he's got the the two little beady eyes with the tubes. Like he um, looks like he was such stand- a bad guy, but he's th- always been. Or, like, a good guy, you know? Or at least yeah. a rebel. But I guess he's with Saw, usually, so maybe he's not the best guy. Right. And the raddest part, of course, is uh, you have that that partisan X-Wing that's, like, that gray and... Uh, um, it's, like, that gray and black, and it's got mm-hmm. those, like, super cool... Um, it's got the, the, the markings on it. And that was actually... Uh, there's a story about Saw's partisan group... Uh, which is actually, I think, where the U-Wing also came from. Uh, but those were called the Cavern Angels during the Galactic oh. Civil War. Uh, and that's because it seemed like he literally calls it out. He's like, if I was the one behind all the Aldani heists, like, why would I be freezing my ass off down in this cave? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought <clears throat> I thought that was pretty rad. Uh, so um, he... Uh, when when Saw is going off on all these different groups and he talks about the Gorman the Gorman Front and all of these other partisan groups that have kind of splintered off and you know he calls them all lost. Uh, he mentions Maya. We're thinking that it could be Bale, like Bale's assistant, like one mm-hmm. of his groups from the Old Republic, um, not the Old Republic, but from the former Republic. Um, that now we're kind of that was like the first hint that they might have, the partisans might know that Bale could be involved. Yep. Luthen calls out that he says that Saw's operation is quite well funded. Uh, and so, like, there's, we don't know if Bale is actually, like, giving money to Saw. That would mm-hmm. be interesting. Um, but it seems like money is going to these groups, but that all the, the, the hands are not shaking, for sure. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And I think think nick that's a pretty good den of antiquities yeah for it's all like slightly low-key i want to say in its presentation and uh but yeah it's all kind of important stuff here and there so i love you i know All right, Nick, what did you love yeah, about this Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to go mostly with quotes. I thought there were some amazing quotes in this. So I'm just going to rifle them off because I can't choose one and whatever. But Cyril Karn says, can one ever be too aggressive in preserving order? What a kiss ass. Yeah, rude. Uh, Lita says, <laughs> this is this one's funny. Lita says to Mon, you're drinking squigs? And Mon says, no, I've lost my taste for it. Lita says, it's disgusting. And Kalma, Tay Kalma says... That's the point, <laughs> which it's straight up reminds me of Malort. Malort in from, you know from your Chicago. area, yeah, you, you sort of yes, your area. Yes, yes. Malort is not to be uh, liked by anybody, but you just do it, and that's the point. It tastes like gasoline. Yeah. 
Yeah, if we have any listeners in the Midwest area, uh, you should know that Malort is a uh, proud Chicago liqueur that tastes like absolute garbage. And if you mm-hmm. ever say that to a Chicagoan, they will be very upset that you called <laughs> their garbage liquor garbage mm-hmm. because they want to let you know that it's their garbage. <laughs> so uh, I agree with that. I also thought it was pretty funny, like, as, you know, uh, she's high school age, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like when you see your parents, you know, it's your and you're like, Dad, are you drinking whiskey? It smells like gasoline. And Dad's like, well, you know, I mean, it's not for everybody. <laughs> and yeah. and being like, but I heard booze was gross. And your dad being like that. I want you to think that as long as you can <laughs> yeah. before you start finding how magical it is. A couple more quotes. Cinta says to Vel, you think the Empire stops to catch its breath? This is a fight to the death. That's oh, when, yeah. uh, you know, Vel was kind of like, hey. Maybe we should slow down. You want to hang out, whatever. So Cinta, again, oh, yeah. laser focused. Yep. Uh, Luthen 2 Saw says, aren't you tired of fighting with the people who agree with you? My goodness, Saw. My goodness. Going to the Making grave with hard, that man. one. <laughs> yep. And also in the same conversation, Luthen 2 Saw says, whatever our final version of success looks like, there's no chance any of us can make it real on our own. We need the Empire to help. We need them angry, coming down hard. And then a quote within a quote, oppression breeds rebellion. Pretty yeah, killer. Damn. So those are Ooh, all my favorite. Like this was every episode that has passed recently. I'm just like, this is the best episode. This is the best episode. And I think that this is one of my favorite episodes again. Yeah. It's, just, it's really well, good. It, and you remember, you remember what Luthen says where he goes, they're start, they're, they're cutting us off slowly enough that mm-hmm. we're starting not to notice. Yep. Right. And that, that like we talked about, you guys talked about a little bit on the last episode where it's like, if people start getting used to the new normal, mm-hmm. then they get upset when things get changed. And so Luthen is basically saying, you need them to be mad so that people see how messed up this mm-hmm. is. Because like this, you know, the Imperials coming in and being like, remember we're here to keep you safe we're here to keep you fed we're here to do all these things so that your life can go on and be wonderful so that when someone like Cassian Andor pops up people out him versus being like dude let me jump on your on your team so that quote is like Luthen's consistent man you love to see it um so overall my my final thoughts for this episode are that this show makes me so damn excited because like you said, Nick, which is the best point is that I have no idea what's going to happen within all the six sub stories that are going on other than eventually Cassian figures out who the rebellion is and that they fight like hell to make sure that the Death Star gets blown up. That's yep. all I know. I don't know any of the details on it. I don't know what Luthen is up to. I don't. I don't know anything, and I think that's just, again, it makes me so excited that every Wednesday comes around, we get these, like, 50-minute episodes, and they're all juicy, and they're all, I mean, they're just, it's, oh, man, the show is so good. That's so another thing I would we're taking say, for granted is long episodes. Seriously. It's awesome. Right, and it, it almost makes you, like, frustrated that I remember waking <laughs> up on, you know, Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. to avoid spoilers, and being like, dude, 36 minutes? Like, come yeah. on, man. Um, but I think my final thoughts on this episode specifically uh, was just really the celebration of how well these damn sets are made. Um, the, the 
the style of the empire just oozes in this sense of it feels like the inside of a star destroyer it feels consistent with how we've seen the general design of this like you know the empire almost being this like brutalist architecture um and just truly reminding people how evil the empire is i and thought dumb. that was super <laughs> yeah 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 and i thought it was super important to remember that you know the the empire looks cool they do cool stuff uh if you're into uh you know say building giant space lasers um but but they're brutal and how how did the empire become to be the far the furthest reaching galactic force was because they were conscripting people uh to work against their own will by pitting them against each other mm-hmm. um man just even just overall man they're like talking about a lot of stuff that's going on <laughs> so i it's a it's another fantastic episode i just think the show has not slowed down a bit and they crushed it yeah it's a it's a master class in storytelling and that's really exciting because we have the other kind of storytelling the fantasy lightsaber force storytelling that we have that down and we have plenty of it so now we have this whole other lane which is absolutely amazing you want to hit him with this what quote of the week before let's uh, do it you 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 uh you you quote the week quote of the yeah week. let's do it let's do it <laughs> So I think now that we've gotten into the point where we've probably seen some of the biggest character reveals we've seen yet, which I'm, I think, man, I think we got some more coming, but this is a great quote from Tony Gilroy, because I think this was probably one of the first times that people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't believe, you know, that's a fun, very obvious cameo in here. But I think Tony is more so talking about the characters and what they are within Star Wars. And he goes on to say, some are figures of fun, but Andor is in deadly earnest. We don't stop and wink at the audience, Gilroy says. I got to read this whole thing over. <laughs> we don't ever stop. Okay, yeah. Is in de- is it, but Andor is in deadly earnest? Is that how you would say that? I guess. doesn't make sense to me, but okay. I'm not right. fancy. Okay. So Tony Gilroy says, some of the figures of fun, but Andor is in deadly earnest. We don't ever stop and wink at the audience, Gilroy says, but it's a real serious story about people under pressure as a revolution is fermenting. The rad part about this, of course, is that we get reminded that Star Wars does have these like fantastical elements, but you're seeing what happens when people get pinned, when people get desperate, and what the empire is thinking that they're snuffing out this like resistance mindset they're only adding fuel to the fire Mm -hmm. and i love that that's like this theme going on for for andor that's it look at us look at us we did it we did it nick two man crew skeleton crew nice no jude law Law here (laughs) (laughs) jude law finished filming months ago um yeah we did it please tweet at us please let us know we did a good job we miss Adam. We miss Ryan Terry. Or a bad job. You could be honest. It's fine. Yeah, true. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, first of all, we got a couple things to hype on the end of this whole thing, which is by the time this comes out, there is a certain event happening that we talked about at the top of the hour, and that would be Mosh Isley. Nick, what's going on there? Well, depending on when this episode comes out, it might actually be tonight. Because oh, this, this episode might be dropping on a Friday if Adam can't uh stay up and 
edit it all. Um, okay, get to Las so, Vegas. So yeah, Mosh Eisley Las Vegas is happening imminently, which I'm very excited about. We've all been working hard to, uh, you know, do our best to make this one even better than the first one. And uh, let's just say it might be. <laughs> I love it. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, other than that, if you want Mosh Eisley merch, you could go to thankthemakermerch.com, the Mosh Eisley merch, which a lot of uh, Mike designed, I guess, all of the Mosh Eisley designs, right? Hello maybe there. Adam, <laughs> maybe Adam did one now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, it's all under one website, either whether you whether or not you want Mosh Eisley merch or Thank the Maker merch, it's all at thankthemakermerch.com. And of course, patreon.com, you could help uh, help us keep the lightsabers on, as Adam would say. Uh, it definitely helps us... Uh, Get to spend time talking about Star Wars for all you fine folks. And then all the social medias are Thank the Maker on Twitter, Thank the Maker Pod on both Instagram and TikTok. My social media is at Nick Bayside, and uh, you could find me there, follow me there. And episode 67 of the Radio Radio Show is out right now, where I give uh, some broad thoughts about when we were young and take some questions from my uh, Instagram subscribers. And, uh, on next week's episode 68, I'll get into a more in-depth version of When We Were Young, or a review of When We Were Young. Spoiler alert, it's amazing. <laughs> Nick, you can also totally flex and let people know that Bayside just put out this rad EP and that you guys are going on tour. So I'm also going to shout Thanks. out to my buddy Nick, who's about to uh, you, just buy tickets. If you thought we were, we were, when we were young was awesome, mm-hmm. guess what? Half of those bands, probably more of them, are all on tour. Go and support music mm-hmm. of bands that you still love that are still putting out music. Uh, and you can find me, Mike Forster of Armor Party Podcast, uh, putting out a new episode very soon here, probably within the next couple of days. I am talking to the brand manager of the former Novos, now called Dueno Novo, and we are talking about what happened with that company and why you should still definitely keep them on your radar in regards to building some rad Star Wars costumes. So find me on Armor Party Show on Instagram. That's where I like to talk to you guys and build Star Wars costumes. And uh, I think that's it. Why don't we sign it off? I think there's a theme song. So Adam the Skull from whatever Death Star you're looking, listening to us, play us out, baby. 